0: Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. This is the recording of a interview by Johan Abildskov, I hope I'm saying his name right, an amazing uh, system admin DevOps kind of person from Efficode in Denmark. And Johan wanted to talk to us as part of the Fe Code DevOps conference which we were just at. And He was talking to us as preparation for our uh, conversation with him on stage. You missed that, but you can still listen to us having our conversation here this week and next week because we had so much to say to Johan that we split it over two weeks. In this week, we're going to be giving an introduction. So if you're kind of new to uh, what we talk about in Agile Conversations and uh, the sorts of methods that Jeffrey and I use, this would be a perfect one for you. If you need a review, also will work well for you. We're going to talk about defensive reasons. Reasoning and uh, folding pieces of paper in half and transparency and curiosity and lots of the other ideas that we use so with that I'll hand over to Johan
1: hello uh, and welcome to this uh, agile conversation we might even call it I am Johan and I have the honor and privilege of being here with Jeffrey Frederick and Douglas Squirrel who have written the fantastic book agile conversations but uh I uh, work as a a DevOps consultant and I've spent much of my time in organizations and teams trying to improve how they work from both a technical and a cultural perspective. And often, even though uh, projects like Google's uh, rework or Project Aristotle shows that things like psychological safety, collaboration skills are the key drivers of of high-performing teams, I uh, I feel like we as engineers highly underprioritize prioritize the uh, let's just call them the, the soft skills right and that has negative connotations uh, yep. and 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 people can tell you you're such a fluffy fluffy consultant right <laughs> uh, and because we care about being able to co-create uh, people can can question our, our technical ability simply by the fact that we care about, other things than the hardcore card <laughs> So I'm so glad that we can have this conversation and you can enlighten me and our, our lovely audience on some of the tools and techniques that you've developed and some of your experiences, because I, I know that I really enjoyed the concreteness and the applicability of, of your Agile Conversations book. So I really like the way that we can put culture and the way that we interact as humans uh, at the forefront of everything. So, we could perhaps start with this accusation that we can be too fluffy, or uh, like that is that it is not that it is an inferior skill compared to the the technical ways. Do you have any narratives that you talk to people about around that, or or any thoughts about that?
0: we, We have an old friend named Mark Coleman. Uh, who actually helped us with a book launch and all kinds of other stuff. Very clever guy. Knows a lot about product marketing of um, software. And Mark likes to say that uh, the 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 soft skills, in inverted commas, are actually really he uses a bad word here really freaking hard skills. Mm. And uh, I I really like that comment because uh, that's absolutely accurate. It, it, I would say that um, uh, following a person that whose ideas we we use a lot in the book. Uh, th- th- these skills take about as long to learn as a, a playing tennis well. not, not to, at world class standard. You're not going can be Roger Federer you don't need to be. But it's going to take you a few months of practice to get good at some of the skills that we'd like to teach. And so and certainly we won't get through it in, in this session, right? We won't, and, and if anybody thinks they've come to this session and suddenly they're going to know suddenly everything about culture, it, it'll be natural and easy and it'll be smooth and it'll, it'll all be simple sorry, if, you, if somebody else says that, we'd like to go to that one. So, so tell us, you know, what podcast, what, what session could we go to where we can learn that? Because we don't know that. What we do know is something that's hard, that takes lots of practice and knowledge and understanding, but that has tremendous rewards for actually getting all those things you'd like to do, like, Uh, uh, infrastructure as code, and um, uh, 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 unit testing, and uh, gosh, maybe developers and operations being together in the same team. What a crazy, you could call that DevOps or something. All of those things are things you can accomplish better if you can uh, uh, adopt these skills. But they're not the skills you learned about at university. Nobody at university told you we're going to have to do difficult emotional work. And um, guess what? That's what we're here to, to tell you you need to do.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I would I agree with everything that Squirrel just said, I, and I I think the this idea of technical skills primary and uh, um, uh, soft skills, uh, human skills secondary, um, is just a bit antiquated. I think it it misses the idea of how much collaboration there is involved in modern knowledge work. Uh, so now, that's not, to say this, that's not true for everyone. I'm sure there are people who um, uh, happily spend their days working in uh, technical isolation from one another uh, and are perfectly productive and that's what's called for in their environment. Uh, most of the people I interact with, that's not their reality. In fact, they're embedded in, in part of teams. So you could say they work with people as much or more than they work with computers and technology. Um, the, the The difficulty is, that they've never been taught how to work with people. And the uh, impacts of that are are significant. And as you mentioned, Project Aristotle found psychological safety as being the primary determinant of what made an effective team. So the the impact we're talking about is not a small one. It's actually uh, quite significant.
1: Excellent. Thank you. So one thing that I, I noticed that that Squirrel you said, and feel free uh, both uh, Jeffrey and Squirrel to to catch my question here. You call it difficult emotional work, uh, and 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 Jeffrey, you also kind of touch it. We haven't learned to work with these things, and. Uh, I've had the privilege of, of participating in a conversational dojo where we did some work and, and the promise that we were gearing is that that learning is painful or <laughs> learning is uncomfortable.
2: Le- learning is horrible. And, and I'll should clarify this. So I get a lot of pushback from people when I say this. They say, oh, I love learning. Um, as someone clarified, well, that means you probably love reading. There's a difference between learning something new and the kind of learning that happens in the conversational dojo. And I should say, what's a conversational dojo? It's a place where we practice the skills from the book, Agile Conversations, or more generally, conversational skills. So just like you might have a, a a coding dojo and a coding kata, we are doing a conversational dojo with conversational katas, where we will analyze our conversations a certain way with the idea of learning how to do better. Now, that the, the thing is that when we are learning about our contributions to conversations, it can be painful because we're not just learning a new fact about the world, we're learning something about ourselves, and generally it's something that we didn't believe was true. And I think this is this is what makes the work uh, difficult and painful when it's being done successfully. And it's also why people uh, maybe avoid the work. Um, I often give the uh, entree to this topic by you know and, and might have a talk, for example. that says something like, "Are you frustrated? It might be your fault." And um, that is the, the reason for that is because people generally, when they think of frustration, they look at the locus of control as being outside themselves. I'm frustrated because of them. I'm frustrated because of those people over there. Uh, and when the, we do the analysis and we say, well, what's your contribution? People often say, oh, actually I'm doing a lot to contribute to what I'm claiming to be frustrated by. So I'm still frustrated, but now it's actually because of me. And that is kind of a, um, a painful and uncomfortable moment. Uh the, the challenge, though, is that th- while we have it's this also, learning.
0: It, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, it's also a wonder. sorry, I was muted. It's a, it's a wonderful opportunity, too, because it's the opportunity to do something about it. Yes. Suddenly, you can take action. And so I, I had someone I was coaching earlier today, actually. And uh, she said, oh, yeah, boy, it, it, there's something wrong here. And I said, yeah, isn't it wonderful to find out that it's your fault? Yeah. She said, no, it's not. And then I said, but it, what does it mean? She said, well, it means I can do something about it. So I said, excellent. That's where we want
2: to be and and then i think and that's the choice really and i think this is the maybe a, a good point to make which is you, you, what we're talking about and is really clearly optional you don't need to learn these conversational skills you don't need to look at your contribution it's quite fine if you choose to remain frustrated you know that's i'm, I'm not going to blame people for that it's a much safer alternative um, You know, I don't need to look at my own contribution. I can just blame other people and we can sit back. We can all talk to each other and say, you know, aren't we great and wonderful and isn't the problem with those people over there? And we can feel good about ourselves. And if if what's important to you is feeling good about yourself, then you know that you can prioritize that. If you wanna prioritize being effective in a team, and then uh, then I, I would advise something else. If you want to be effective in a team, then I would advise you do learn these skills um, and despite the discomfort. And the, the challenge though is that people won't uh, recognize the fact that they need to learn these skills. And I think this is what makes this a very hard sell. People generally agree that culture is important. People agree that psychological safety is important. Um, a, a, and they, they think that there's um, clearly if we're gonna have effective conversations, we wanna hear from everyone. And they believe that they already do this and they believe that they're good at it what we're here to tell you is that you're probably wrong. And, and, and if you haven't deliberately studied it, you're probably bad at it. And the, the redesign would say that with some confidence is because I'm gonna assume that you're human. Uh, for those of us who are listening who are not human, love to get in touch and hear about your experiences, but it's not the one that we're familiar with. We're experienced with human problems and typically human problems suffer from things like cognitive biases. And that leads to predictable uh, types of behavior. And it's those, and the, the, the way I can think about it is actually um, people are very good at conversations for addressing all the problems they can see. The problem is cognitive biases mean there's some things we cannot see. And that's where the problems persist is in our cognitive, you know, blind spots, what the skills we teach are about uh, uh, how to see in those places that you haven't seen before. And when you do that, you see things you haven't seen before, and you see mistakes that you've been making all along, but were invisible to you. That's the, that's the kind of, learning this horrible moment. You're like, oh, I didn't think I was doing that. I didn't think I was one of those people. I guess I am one of those people because here that's what I did. Um, and that's the, that's the challenge. Um, it, the good news though, is, is that you, this is a learnable skill. You can learn to see your conversations differently and all it takes is a, a piece of paper and a pen.
0: So I have- and, and the ability to fold the piece of paper in half. That's the, the other important thing. If you could you have that much origami skill, you're in good shape. I, I have a beautiful example of this, which I'll just share really briefly. I had a phone call just before coming on to, to record this with you guys. Uh, it was a phone call from one of my clients in San Francisco. And she was phoning to say, I'm I'm frustrated with my developers. You know, I'm not getting the right thing from them. I, I want to do better. I want to use Jira better. That's where we started. And I said, "Could we role play for a minute? Could you just be, be the developer? I'll be you." And so I said, and, and it only took us like a, a two lines of exchange. I said, uh, "What? Uh, you know, I'd like to build this feature." And uh, she, as the developer, said, "Sure." And I said, "Gee, it, it sounds like you might be sad, developer. Um, uh, is that is that right? Are you feeling sad?" And she said, "Wow, I could never do that. That's completely <laughs> different. What what would that be like? I could say that to a developer." We were off to the races. So that was the type of practice and learning that you can get from uh, uh, studying your conversations, making them a first-class element of your development tools tool set. Uh, something that you can work on and improve. And um, uh, we're talking all about how horrible it is, and you know it takes you as long as to learn a game of tennis. There's there's amazing moments of searing, but painful insight that you can get very quickly. So uh, that's the upside.
1: That is very interesting, and I think that uh, there you you spark so many uh, thoughts and uh, reflections uh, already. Even though I've I've interacted with you both through your book and your session, so it's fantastic. So one thing that I just want to uh, address there, Squirrel, or or ask you to elaborate about, is because one of at least the cornerstones for me, and I think for many of us, is exactly what you capture in in that tiny tiny exchange which is about both uh, psychological safety, like the space to be able to take interpersonal risks. Um, But also we have this kind of saying there, trust is built in years and lost in seconds or something Mm. like that, where at least for me, part of the border or first roadblock around this is daring to take that risk or feeling like how, how is the right steps what is the best first steps to to be able to work around this where you perhaps don't have all the skills and the teams all the awareness all the reflection Uh, what are the first things you do is it just noticing and saying i think this conversation has gone a bit amiss and then i let's just walk out or something what are some of the things that we can do
0: I'll, I'll tell you two very basic things that you can get started with, things that you, anybody who's listening to us, watching us could immediately implement. And then I'll tell you a third one which is a little more challenging because I just feel like throwing in a third one. So the two are, first of all, say what you see. So if you observe something, and I I modeled it in that very, very brief example, and the brevity of the example is important, that you can get a tremendous amount from a tiny piece. We only say get one piece of paper, fold it in half. So you're using half of it um, uh, because you don't need very much. And in that tiny example, um, I observed something just from her role-playing. I mean, she wasn't actually the developer. Of course, she was role-playing to help me help her. uh, But uh, in being the developer, um, she exhibited being sad. She exhibited all the signs, kind of looking at her shoes and speaking with a kind of depressed sound. And, uh, you know, so she, she sounded sad. And so I said what I saw, that was the first step. I observed that you might be feeling sad. If I'd been uh, in, a, in a different situation, I'd been seeing her rather than on the phone, I might've said, and you're looking at your shoes and um, uh, I noticed that your, your voice is uh, a little um, quieter. So I'm, I'm observing things that a video camera would record. That's the first part. And then the second part, the second action is I'm asking a question. So those two elements, just in that, in that one example captures two of the key things uh, that uh, I think are really helpful, which is uh, observable data. What can we work with? What can, what can each of us see? And then curiosity, is this, does this match what you see? Because the person, there are many other explanations for speaking in that way. You know, I'm feeling deferential. You know, I'm kind of scared of you. I'm concerned that uh, uh, you, you might not respect me. Um, I'm, I'm feeling uh, very excited to meet you. And I'm a very shy person. So I'm looking at my shoes and qu- speaking quietly. There are lots of explanations you could come up with and having genuine curiosity about what matches the facts that you just noted using the first point. Uh, to ask questions about, then gives you a really great basis for having a trusting relationship. Yes, we both agree that you're feeling sad. Now let's see if there's something we can do about that, because I like you, and I'd like you not to be sad. How could I help you with that? So the investment is not massive, and the kinds of changes you can make, like asking more questions and um, uh, saying what you see, Uh, are are small interventions, their habits to get into that have tremendous uh, valuable results as they did for this product manager who phoned me from San Francisco and had her mind blown by a couple of lines.
2: And the thing is, because what, you know, what is she saying? She's saying, basically, uh, uh, we have this team and there's some dynamics on it that aren't quite right. Um, uh, You know, it's, I'm not getting the results I want, but I'm not quite sure what to do. And that's sort of that sort of frustration that people might feel that things just aren't quite right on their team. They're not getting the energy dynamics, drive, collaboration, whatever it is. I think generally people are very good at sensing the dynamics and they can just say, am I happy with the dynamics I have or not? And then now the, the problem is if the answer is not, uh, this is, I think, where, where what we talk about is very different from what you'll find in most Agile books or the DevOps books, uh, or even DevOps days, you know, uh, talks, uh, you know, DevOps conference, uh, things that will talk about culture and they say how important culture is and you need to collaborate. But then, and they say, well, yeah, and you collaborate by getting everyone, say, co-located, or if you're all on Zoom, then you have virtual coffees and you well, we have need retrospectives, documents. Jeffrey. I, I just found Ret- it here on page
0: 92 of the this, Scrum this book. You know, here it is. Yeah a retrospective do it this way
2: exactly you know and if, if, you, if that's not working try a liberating structure mm. and um, you know and so you know try these things do do these different things and here's the cookbook and the, the problem is th- these uh, actions sometimes work and, and you know the, the, and that's not, that's not a problem that's good sometimes it works you just put people together and you know human nature comes and they work things out you know they're sharing a problem they're sharing their ideas and everything just works and that's great but the problem is sometimes it doesn't work. And we'd lack generally a theory about what's gone wrong. It's like, things are going wrong, but I don't know why. There was that team I worked on that was great. And it had very different interactions, but I'm trying the same things. We have the same standups, we have the same retrospectives, we have the same planning meetings, the same thing. I don't understand, you know, oh, we just changed the people. It must be a problem with the people. And it, that's, that's not it. The, the, the problem is is about this issue of human nature and understanding that for whatever reason, you were able to have the good dynamics before and not now, but you can change the dynamics as long as you can learn to see them and understand them. So, and that's where the agile conversation comes in. We lay out five different conversations that are important for any high-performing team. Uh, the trust conversation, the fear conversation, the why conversation, the commitment conversation, and the accountability conversation. And one kind of builds on each other. And all these actually are built on a foundation in, in chapter two, we lay out like, here's the, the core skills of just being transparent and curious, like just start with that. Um, when you start to have a, this theory, and I think this is what we, we bring into this, is we bring in a theory about human interactions, not that we originated it, we picked it up from other places. Chris Ardris, chief among them, uh, a, a business psychologist, theoretician who said, he noted that humans, um, when there's a potential for a threat or embarrassment, will react with a defensive mindset, defensive reasoning. And it's this defensive reasoning that inhibits our ability to speak up and say what we see. To that it, it interferes with us connecting as uh, with people. It, can, it interferes with us having a positive dynamic. We we suddenly when we're in this defensive space, you know, our limbic system kicks in: fight or flight or, or freeze. And so we maybe we say nothing, or maybe we 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 argue, uh, you know, what we think is right, but without listening to the person, or we just accept what they say. Um, and, but even though we're not happy with it, we kind of go along, we don't share our feelings. We don't bring all we know. We don't bring our full selves to the situation. And when we're not bringing our full selves, we're not gonna have those joyous, fantastic dynamics we can have on the best teams. So that's, in and, and my view, that's kind of what's at stake here. And this is why I'm so excited about it because I've worked on some great teams. I've had some great dynamics. And my experience was if other people could experience that they would never settle for anything less. And, and, uh, and that's what I would like to do is I'd like to have people have that kind of experience to not settle for less and to learn how when they're not getting it to, to have those kind of uh, fantastic dynamics and, which really in my mind always comes down to what are the conversations that you're having or not having among the people on the team.
1: Thank you. That's just, uh, again, so many profound things. Uh, I'm just, uh, I'm trying to keep up desperately. <laughs> so thank you so much.
0: Okay, well, that's the end of this week's recording, this uh, piece of the interview with Johan Abelskow from Effie Code. We're going to be returning next week with the rest of the interview. There's lots more that Johan asked us about, lots of very interesting topics, so please come back next Wednesday where you'll find us talking about all these topics. If you have questions, thoughts, concerns, if you want to check us out further, uh, have a look at conversationaltransformation.com. That's the website where you'll find our Twitter and email and, uh, I don't know, Carrier Pigeon, anything else that you can get in touch with us with. And we'd love to hear from you. We like hearing from our listeners. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.